Welcome to the Cornerstone Church Podcast. We are glad you are taking advantage of this resource. If you would like to find out more information about our church or connect with us, go to cornerstonebv.org. You can also check us out on our Facebook page, at CornerstoneBV. We hope that the message today impacts your life and draws you closer in your walk with Christ. The fifth candle is the Christ candle. <clears throat> this is John 1, 9 through 18. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God who was at the Father's side. He has made him known. And there it is, huh? Right there, last candle. Note to self, always volunteer for the first week, never the fifth, right? Which Caroline tried to do, but uh, circumstances changed, so... Uh, so it, it's, um, she lit that. That's called the Christ candle, right? Um, and really all the candles as we've celebrated Advent, whether it's the prophecy candle, the candle of hope, of joy, and of love, they all point to the center, which is the biggest, and it's also uh, white, right? So it's representing the purity and holiness of Jesus, right? And so, so uh, the, the, as we, we light that, we remember that he's come and that he will come again. And so what we want to look at today, the Christ candles, we look at the view of the birth of Christ from heaven, is the power behind the name of Jesus. And so similarly, you know, like when, we, um, when, when, when we're born or we see a, a baby born, we, we like to think like, oh, this is, aren't they pure and innocent, right? But we know that's not true. They're vipers and diapers, right? It's going to be a parent. And uh, it just takes time, sometimes a day, uh, to realize uh, that, that we're born into sin. So really, this isn't us. Boy, we've been making a lot of messes. But this is more us. And as we live our life, we realize we're torn and crumpled and dirty, right? And uh, somebody took my towel, but that's okay. I'll just... This is more us, isn't it? Right? And, and do you know... That a lot of times we go through life thinking, I, I, can, I can clean this up. If, I'm just, if I just stop swearing, if I just stop filling the blank, if I just start filling the blank, and think about how impossible that is, right? And yet what we believe, why we lit the candles, why we trust in the Lord Jesus Christ is as we who are this, every one of us, as we go through in faith, 
right? The Lord Jesus, right? This, the, the, the faith, remember that's, we have the side where you see the blood shed for us, right? The, the power of who Jesus is, right? On the other side of faith is this. Do you believe if you're a Christian, this is who you are? Because if we're going to be honest, we still feel like that crumpled up piece of paper behind the cross. But this is who you are. New life, new birth, right? New purpose. The power of the name of Jesus that's behind this. That's what we want to see today. Because I want you to not just understand that here. I want you to feel it in your life. The power of God behind the name of Christ. Right? The, the power of Jesus in his name. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much that we can come before you today. Lord, knowing that Jesus was born, but then also, Lord, that he will return in power and glory. Father, I pray that you would fill this room with your spirit, that, that we wouldn't just intellectually understand the gospel, but we would experience the power of the name of Jesus, that we would understand uh, and experience that today, that we would trust you more as God, that we would come to you in faith, that we would believe your promises and live them out. And it's in Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. 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 So how are we doing? All right. Energy level a little low, day after Christmas. You know what pastors say? You never want to preach the weekend after Christmas. I should have made Bob do this one. My bad, rookie mistake. Um, and uh, you got a little bit more energy than the 9 o'clock, I think. A little bit more coffee, some breakfast, right? Um, but uh, hopefully the Spirit will, will lift us in that as we finish out this, this Advent season. Um, we, we, we remember that it doesn't stop here, right? That it, that it points to when He will return. Um, so just in case you're one of those that likes to know what's, what's next, I'm going to spend a couple of weeks looking at a couple of different psalms as we enter the, the new year. And then we're going to do uh, some weeks on um, Ephesians 6 and look at spiritual warfare, right? Get your weapons out, okay? Uh, and we'll see what happens after that. I have a few plans in here, but sometimes God changes those, right? Um, so when we look at this text, and I'm going to actually back up from where Caroline started reading, but it's in John 1. Um, if you want to uh, follow along, open your Bibles, you can... Open to John chapter 1, the Gospel of John. We'll put it on the screen, but it's always good to, to follow along. Um, and, and it's a famous passage, of course. And really what I like to call this is, is the, the birth of Christ, the view from heaven. Okay? So when we look at Luke, we look at Matthew, we're sort of like shepherds, uh, uh, the, 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 the Magi, Mary and Joseph, right? They're kind of seeing it from heaven. It's being announced from heaven in sort of our perspective, right? But John loves to do this. He flips it on its, its end and says, but this is kind of how it's looked at, the birth of our Savior from heaven. And, and, and this is uh, what, how he begins. He says, in the beginning was the Word. Notice the capital, W. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Now, the Word, Word, right, uh, was very particularly chosen by John. If you are a, a Jewish reader of this gospel, you, that word, uh, Word, capital W, means something, right? That if you go back to Genesis chapter 1, the creation of everything that's alive, was by what? Universe. It means a word, right? The word of the Lord. And throughout the Old Testament, you see how many times? You see, this came by the word of God, the word of God. And so what John is telling them is, hey, the word, which is the agent of all things that were created, 
is this Jesus who was born in Bethlehem? But if you were not Jewish, you were Gentile, you were Greek, especially the intellectuals, they were like the intellectuals of our day. They liked to um, uh, 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 try to come up with other things and means to which the chaos became order. And they called that logos in Greek, which just means word. And it, it, that's what they attributed, this is kind of simplistic, but attributed to the, the, the chaos becoming order. And so John's like, yeah, word, it's Jesus. And he's saying more than that, though. He's saying that, that he, that this is, of course, going back to creation, that Jesus was there, right? He's eternal. And that he was with God, but he's also God. And so that, of course, brings out this mind-stretching sort of concept called the Trinity, right? Which I'm going to preach on right now, all right? And you're going to all understand it by the time you leave. No, not going to do that. It's Christmas, all right? Um, but it's because it's, that's not John's point. He wants us to see this Jesus is God. Right? And, he, and he continues in verse 3 and 4. He says, all things were made through him. And without him was not anything made that was made. Couldn't be more thorough than that. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. Which we talked a little bit on Christmas Eve if you were with us. But in, in, you see major concepts of the Gospel of John already. One of them is the light. That Jesus is the light of the world. The light from God that shined into the darkness. Shined into the darkness at creation, Genesis 1. But also into the darkness of sin for new life, as we'll see. But also is the, the light is this other word that um, John loved to use. And he used it 36 times in his gospel. Life. Right? Life. God is a God of life. Right? It's not death. Life. And so, so this Jesus in him is the light and the life. Right? So he's saying this Jesus is God. He's eternal. Therefore, he has the power of God behind his name. Right? So I, I, we, we want to see today that he, that, that, that the power of Jesus because if you wandered in here today and some crazy pastor like me is saying, hey, you know how you're, uh, you, you came in weary because you know there's a ton of shame, a ton of brokenness, a ton of tatteredness, and you can identify with that. And you're like, how's a church? How's religion? How's just praying a prayer? How's that going to do anything for me? And I wouldn't blame you until you understand that Jesus is God. And he has the power of the Almighty, the power of all creation, and that's why he can save you, right? That the power of Jesus is the power of God. And so uh, you, you read the Gospels, you see it all over the place with Jesus. He tells deaf people to, to hear again. He tells blind people to see again. He tells cripples to start walking. He tells uh, uh, people who, who are um, just lepers to be cleansed and and, and, and even say, the, the religious leaders hated this one when he, when he actually forgave sins. Not forgave you because you hurt me, but actually forgiving your sins. Boy, the religious leaders, they didn't like that. They said, who do you think you are? Only God has the power to forgive sins. Don't you sort of subtly hear Jesus going, you're starting to get it. You're starting to get it, right? That's because I am God, so I can forgive sins. And you can even read in the... Um, and the, 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 the story where Jesus is in the boat. Remember that one? His disciples are on the boat in the, in the Sea of Galilee, and this storm just picks up. And the Sea of Galilee was like a bowl. And it still is, right? And, and, and they knew. These are experienced fishermen, right? They weren't like, oh, we don't know what to do. But they had colleagues that had 
died in storms like this. The, the wind and the waves, I mean, it's crazy. And they look over, and their leader, their rabbi, right, is in the corner, sleeping. And they think they're like looking like, should we wake him up? we got to wake him up. Jesus, wake up, we're going to die. Right? We're going to die. And he didn't wake up in like Gandalf and Lord of the Rings and start fighting, right? Like, that's not what he did. He woke up and he said, shh, be still, be still. Right? And the wind and the waves, they stopped. And they're all like, what did they say? Who is this? They can even tell the wind and the waves to be still. And all Jesus said to them is, you need more faith. Don't we need more faith? <laughs> like, for, listen, if you're here for the, for the first time and realize I need forgiveness, you need to understand he has the power to save you. Because he didn't just die for your sins but he has the power over life itself because he is life. But for the Christians in the room, me included, that's why I'm raising my hand, right? How many, I want, I want to ask you a question, right? And I want you to honestly ask yourself this. What in your life are you right now, now not trusting Jesus with? Because there's always something. I know at least for me. What are you not trusting Maybe it's a financial thing. Maybe um, you're not being as generous as he calls you to because I, I, I need that money. I've got to control it. Maybe it's um, uh, an illness. Maybe it's this pandemic. You're so frustrated and angry with everybody. Jesus didn't, isn't going, what do I do with COVID? I don't know. I don't know what to do. He's God. Maybe it's your, your marriage. It's like, it's, always, it's, it's pointless. It's always going to be like this. Do you think Jesus can't be God of your marriage? You can't trust it with him? Or your singleness, right? You're, you're like, man, I'm going to cut some corners and be with someone I shouldn't be because I'm in New England, Jamie, and finding a Christian uh, husband or wife, that's impossible. Yeah, because New England's just too great for Jesus not to answer that. Right? Because he's God. Whatever it is, if, if you have cancer and it's, or someone you love does, you don't think Jesus can't be glorified in that and make that for your good? Yes, it's hard, but you have to trust him in that. What is the storm that you have that you're just not trusting Jesus? I do it all the time. And then I think I was talking to someone after the nine. I was like, why don't I just always just realize Jesus has this? Not because he's not, because if we think of Jesus as this peace-loving, long-haired guy in sandals saying, oh, I'm kind to everyone, he is God. He's the Word. He created everything. Your problem is not too much for him, and neither is mine. When, when, we said, when I said on Christmas Eve, and Bob just prayed, that I, I just, God put on my heart that we're going to pray for 50 or more, maybe it's hundreds, in this next year, because directly because of you, and ministries of this church come to Jesus Christ, I'll bet there was some that went like, that's never going to happen. Because you don't trust Jesus is God. Why can't it happen? Is it, well, people are distant right now, but is that too much for him? If he's not God, it is, but he is God. And we need to trust him. Right? We need to trust him. Bob was telling me before church today that he was texting someone who's sick and needed a doctor's appointment and said, they're full, no way. And and Bob said, I'm going to pray right now. You get to the front of the line. He texted that to him. A couple minutes later, guy texted him back, got an appointment at 2. <laughs> Sorry, Bob, if you were going to say that in a sermon soon. You can. They'll forget. Don't worry about it. 
But it was just, a, just another example, just this morning, of saying, Jesus has this because he's God, right? The power of God is, so I, even if this is the only thing you needed to hear today, entering this new year, whatever it is, Jesus is God of it. Trust him. And if it means your salvation, trust him. He will make you that piece of paper, that beautiful, gleaming new life, not because of you, but because of him. And so as he, as he enters this uh, verse 6 in this kind of view from heaven, there's sort of a weird place where he, he uh, uh, brings in John the Baptist. And he says, there was a, a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light, who's Jesus, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. Now, there's some that think there was some uh, groups that were still following John the Baptist and saying, well, he came first, he was better. Maybe that's why John mentions this here. I don't know. I don't really care. What I do love is verse 7, where it says, he came as a witness to bear witness about the light. You know what? That's what we do. Except John bore witness of he who is to come. We bear witness of him who has already come, and who has already came and will come again. And I love how he puts it. I, we always think, and the Bible definitely says this, we put our faith in Christ but he says, but that all would believe through him. Like, there's something cool about that concept. Like, if believing in Christ isn't just an intellectual saying, yeah, I'm a Christian, I go to church. It isn't if when you were five, you know, and your, your mom was like, Jimmy, um, do you want to die and burn in hell, or do you want to be in heaven with mommy and daddy? And you said, I'll choose B, right? Don't do that to your kids, please, right? You know, witness, but don't say Right? And, and, and then it's like, oh, Jimmy's a Christian, you know, he's good. Like, maybe, and we should share Christ with him, but like, there's so much more to it than that, right? There's a faith that's now envelops as we go through it and something changes about us, right? Because it is a light of life. Now, he's going to show us what changes. Verse, uh, what are we up to? Nine. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. Yet the world, this is the sad news, still today, the very world that he created did not know him. Verse 11, he came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. The creator of the world came, and so many people. He's the light of the world, right? So he shines. Darkness cannot overcome light. Have you ever, like, shined? Have you ever picked up a rock? Right? And like underneath it, which is completely dark, these, all of a sudden these worms are like slithering. And they're just trying to get back into the ground in the darkness. That's us. Merry Christmas. <laughs> That's us without Christ, right? It's like, like we, we, we want the darkness. People just, they don't want the light. I want to figure it out on my own. I want my own philosophies and ideas and my own truth. All you're doing when you do that is running back to the darkness. When Jesus said, I created you and I can give you new life if you will come to the light. Right? And so, so the, the, the idea here is most people, including his own, the Jews, who should have known the prophecy, so many of them did not go to the light. Right? They did not. But I love that little word, but. B-U-T. It's a hinge word. But, right? To all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. There's always been a remnant of people, despite people going to the darkness, whether it was just Noah and his family, or it was just Abraham. Remember when Elijah was sitting by the tree feeling sorry for himself? 
And he's like, God, I'm the only one. He's like, come on, Elijah. I got a whole bunch of other prophets too. Like I have a remnant who believe. There always has been and there still is today. Many of you are part of that beautiful remnant by God's grace. But, right, that you, what happens when you go to the life, right, to the light is the light of Jesus transforms you, right, transforms you. It, uh, um, when you look back at, at this verse, it says you're born again, right, you're born again. Now, some of us hear that and we go, oh, that's weird, right, to be born again. In fact, that is kind of a weird statement, the light of Jesus being born again. If you think in John, he, he kind of fleshes this out a little bit more in chapter 3. Nicodemus, he's an elite Pharisee, one of the top guys. But he sees something about this Jesus. So he goes to him at night, right? And he's like, you seem to definitely be from God, but like there's just like I'm not quite grasping everything you're, you're, you're telling us, right? And he's like, Nicodemus, you, you're not going to get to the Lord, right, by, um, by, by your being your, your, your religious activity or your moral performance or your being a Pharisee. You have to be born again. He's like, born again? I'm going to crawl back into my mother's womb? He's like, no, no, no. Born again, not by the flesh, as John just said. Not by the, 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 your mother and father, but by the will of God. And so the light of Jesus brings the life, the new life, that through faith you become transformed. Transformed. And you see, if you're transformed, there becomes evidence of that. I want you to imagine, this is kind of a morbid thing to think about, but I want you to imagine you, uh, you go to, um, to get a new puppy, and they hand you this puppy, and it's dead, all right? And you're like, oh, okay, I guess this, this is our puppy now. And you, you bring the puppy, and you begin to, to, to not really walk, but more drag this puppy around the neighborhood. Again, Merry Christmas for this analogy, okay? And you're dragging it around, and people are like, what are you doing with that thing? Oh, it's our puppy. You want a pet? No. It's disgusting. What are you doing? 911, right? You're crazy. But here's the thing. If we are saying we have new life, but there's no evidence of new life in our lives, we're like that dead puppy. You can say you're alive, but are you? And maybe you just became a Christian the other day, and maybe the only fruit in your life is just, man, I want there to be differences in my life. I, I want it to change. That's fruit right there. But if you have really no desire for the kingdom of God, you just don't care. Like, oh, I'm a Christian, but I'd rather the things of the world. I don't, like, I don't see any real change in my life. I don't really see any desire in my life. There's a good chance you aren't born again by the will of God. You have to step back before you can go forward and say, I need to trust who God is. That God can save me. But if, if you look at, now I look back at my life and I think, man, and there's still so much to go. But I think, oh man, where would I be? Where would I be? The kind of, I would use my words to cut people down. I would use profanity, the lusts of my life, the, the, the pressures I would put on my kids because I'm not successful enough, so I got to live vicariously through them. Think about where I would be if not for the power of God, who is Jesus Christ in my life. I was, I was born, I'm fully Irish. Without the red hair, I had the worst temper imaginable. Like, I could go, like, hot like that. I don't do that anymore. I still lose it every once in a while. I'll just ask my kids, right? It happens. But the fuse is this long. 
And it's not me. I didn't go to a class. I didn't work on it, right? It's the power of Christ and new life in me that I don't have to have that temper. I don't have to. Some of you still say things like, oh, I can't do it. No, you can't do it, but Christ in you can do it. Right? Like, like, oh, that person, like, this wide open opportunity to share Christ with. I better call Vicky and have her come and do it. No, he's put you there, but I can't. What am I going to say? Not you, but Christ who is in you. He's God. Right? And he will do it in you. That ministry that he's called you to step into. Right? Believe him in it. Don't ever say it's impossible. Because as Jesus said to Nicodemus, yeah, what's impossible for man is possible for God. Live with the understanding that you have the power of Christ behind you. It's often still not going to work out the way you think because it's his plan. But you still trust that power. Trust that in your life. Don't ever say, I'm always going to talk like that. I'm always going to act like that. No, you aren't. If you're a Christian, you are no longer in chains. Don't live that way. Live the new life that the light of Jesus has given you. Maybe it's just a reset for you. Maybe you're, you know you're a Christian, you have fruit, but man, I'm, I'm kind of right now gravitating towards dark things, the things that I used to like. Well, just get, come back to the light. It's okay. Repent of it. God already knew you're forgiven in Christ, but come back to the light. Do light-driven things. And so ultimately, as we, we look at the, the final verses of this passage, I want you to see and finish that all of this is for the glory of Christ. Right? The power of Christ for the glory of Christ. Look with me. He says this. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. That word means tabernacle. Leviticus. See why we studied Leviticus? You remember the tabernacle, right? That was where the presence of God was. And so when we see this, that he actually, God, the word, tabernacled with us, dwelt with us. Wow, does he need to deserve the glory. And we have seen up close and personal his glory, the glory of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. Those are two things that are only attributes typically of God. The, the word grace is hesed or loving kindness. The word truth, genuine truth. He's full of it. And we, and we saw his glory because of it. Verse 15. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. Anyone here? Raise your hand if you've received grace upon grace. Grace upon grace, right? Not grace is free gift. You didn't earn it. All this grace that Jesus, the glorified Jesus has given us. He deserves that glory. Grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. That he came and because of him we can see God. The glory of Jesus Christ. Everything that you now do if you're a Christian is for the glory of Christ. If I ever say anything that happens to inspire you to follow Jesus more. It's before the glory of Christ. If you ever do anything that, that, that adds light to the world, it's for the glory of Christ. 
because not only did he live and receive glory, he was lifted up. They thought in shame, but it was in glory. Because three days later, he rose in glory. He ascended in glory. And you can be sure he will come back in glory. And so that's why we sing praises for the glory of Christ. That's why our intent and purpose should for Jesus to receive glory. Because he deserves it. He's earned it. He is glory. And we want him to be the glory of our church, the glory of our families, the glory of our marriage, the glory of our singleness, the glory of our lives. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, you are so, so good. You are hesed, grace upon grace, loving kindness when we did not deserve it. Lord, I pray for anyone who came in here today weary with sin and the burden of shame, that they would trust, they would put their belief in you and through you right now, that they would know that the chains would fall and they would know that you are the truth, you're the way, the life. No one gets to the Father except through you. That they would know that. And they would know that today, the freedom of forgiveness, because you have the power over the grave, the power over sin, the power over shame. Lord, for those who are Christians but stuck in a pattern of sin, that they would repent today and know the freedom that is you, that they would realize, God, that you would let them, let me too, just realize that it's not our power that we stop doing things of the darkness. It's your power. It's you, our God, Lord Jesus. It's through your power and strength we won't anymore. We will follow you. And when we do screw up, we will, we will bask in your grace upon grace again and go towards the light. Lord, I pray that you would receive the glories of Jesus, the glories of our words, the glory of our relationships, the glory of our marriages, the glory of our sexuality, the glory of our, of, of our workplaces, of our homes, Jesus, the glory even of this song as we sing, that you would receive it because you are worthy. This whole Advent season is to know you came, but to look forward to when you will come again in glory. And it's in Jesus' name all God's people said, amen. Let's stand and sing for the glories of Christ.